0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms for Life podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Amanda, and our very special guest, Renee Jones. So everyone out there, Renee has a master's degree in marriage and family counseling and a clinical residency in pastoral care. She utilizes traditional and contemporary models, as well as relaxation and horse assisted methods to help others win at losing extra weight and other baggage they've dragged with them for decades. So I I love this story because after 40 years on a diet, Renee has figured out how to lose the weight and keep it off. And she works to help others do the same. And today we're gonna talk about emotional eating, and how we can overcome triggers and end self-sabotage while maintaining our goal weight. Um, This is going to be a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us, Renee.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, we are really excited. And just before we get started, I want to remind all of our listeners and those who are joining us for the first time, make sure you don't miss a single episode by subscribing to Practical Wisdoms wherever you get your podcasts. And while we're on the subject, if you could just take that extra second and click all five stars, we would love to have you share the love. Okay, so Renee, let's get right to the discussion, because certainly here in the United States and, of course, around the world, many people struggle with their weight. You know, I myself am a queen-sized woman, and, you know, I would love to hear from you. What are some of the most common reasons people overeat? and have a difficult time keeping their weight down?
1: Well, I think a lot of time it's just a habit. You know, we get um, we get food put before us and we have portion distortion as to what an actual portion is. Because, you know, in the last um, 20, 30 years, our plates have actually increased in size. And I know this because when I was in my 20s, I decided I wanted to start collecting china. And the first, three sets of dinner services that I was given had a, a plate that was like nine inches, which we now think of as a luncheon or a salad plate. And then when I was getting married, I was given more and the plate was 10 and a half inches. And I thought, okay, this is new. So we, our plate is bigger. So we just think we need to fill it up. So that's, that's one thing. And then the easy access to fast food, I mean, it's everywhere, right? Yeah. And then we get accustomed to indulging. We do a lot of eating out where the portions are even larger than than home. Um, we have snack culture. You can't go to an office without, you know, donuts or bagels or something all, all around in break room. <laughs> and, uh, yes. you know, we just live and there was that whole thing for a number of years and, and probably still with a lot of uh, fitness trainers who say you need four to six small meals per day. And unfortunately, as Americans, we don't do small very well. <laughs> That's true.
0: true. And, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about this, the, you know, emotional eating.
1: Yeah. You know, it's it's not something that everyone does. And I find, particularly with men, they call it stress eating, but women tend to stick on emotional eating, and it's when you're not hungry but you just want to eat. And we eat to soothe ourselves. One of the things that I often say is we stuff down our feelings and follow it with a food chaser.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I know for
0: myself, it's definitely more in line with um, I reward myself with food. I feel mm-hmm. like oh, I I. Uh, it's like this bonus or perk that I get. And uh, that's one thing that I'm really trying to identify, like how do I reward myself in some other way? But yeah. um, Amanda, yeah. I know you have some more
1: questions.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to hear more about what about emotional eating is. Like what are its symptoms and how does it tend to manifest?
1: Typically, it's when you're not hungry, but you want to eat. And mm-hmm. there's something going on and you've got to figure out what that is. And one of the things that I, I teach clients is it's not difficult to overcome emotional eating. You just have to get the hang of it. And HANG is an acronym. So the H is, am I hungry? And if you're hungry, you may need to eat something. But if you're not hungry, then you think about A, what is the attraction to food? What's going on that is making me want to go to food? And then the N is, need. What is it that I actually need? other than food, and the G is go, go get that, because that will soothe you more than any food ever cooked. But, you know, it's really not our fault that we have this tendency when we're upset to put something in our mouths, because when a baby cries, what do we do? We put, give him a binky or a bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately, as we get older, we may trade out that pacifier for our nails or your thumb. And later, we sometimes trade out that pacifier for a donut.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like when you're Mm -hmm. getting in a bit deeper to this emotional eating, um, what other kinds of experiences or relational dynamics could lead to emotional eating other than from the time we're born being trained to throw something Mm -hmm. in our mouth?
1: You know, it's, it truly is rather individual. It, it goes back to whatever was going on in your particular life. I mean, it could be any conflict. If you, if you couldn't face the conflict, you just kind of go over here and have something to soothe yourself. Or it can be good experiences. Um, you know, there's that tendency for Little League in whatever form, if they win or they lose, they go out for pizza. Right. <laughs> and, you know, particularly with men, I find this to be very common. Um, they, they will say, oh, I just want ice cream at night. And I ask, so when your parents had something good to say or difficult to tell you, did they take you out for ice cream? And almost every time they say, ah, yes. So we associate it with either trauma or celebration. And I know for me, um, when my mother passed away, uh, I basically crawled inside my peanut butter jar because my mother and my grandmother and I all loved peanut butter. So a few years later, after I had gained an extra 20 pounds or so, my grandmother passed away and I thought, you know what? She is not in that jar. It does not get me feeling any closer to her, closer to her, really except that it was kind of a tangible connection to the love and encouragement she gave me. So it just really depends on what connection you make to food and a particular food. And when you're upset, when you're sad, when you're mad, when you're hurting, when you're happy, you go to your comfort food.
2: Yeah, no, that that really makes sense. And I guess there are just all kinds of different reasons behind this. So, When you're working with a client, how do you unearth those different types of reasons behind their emotional eating?
1: Well, one of the things that I like to do is have them, you know, settle themselves, you know, just relax for a second. Close your eyes and think about that particular food. And once they kind of get it in their mind, I ask them, you know, can you see it? Can you smell it? Can you almost taste it? And when they're that connected to it it's really easy to say who first gave it to you what was going on where were you what was happening around you and sometimes that will unleash the emotion and then most of the time people know exactly what it was and when it was they just didn't realize they knew it but once once you know what it is you can say okay is this the way I want to carry forward with this particular food. Do I want my peanut butter always to be the only evidence, tangible evidence of my relationship with my grandmother? No. And you can then unwind.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's really interesting because I mean, I know that I put on, you know, a lot of extra pounds when my husband was uh, going through his battle with cancer. And yet I don't have any particular food that I would go to or overeat on that sense. But it was just that that sense I need to give myself a reward for having made it through another day. (laughs) Just because I sort of closed my eyes just when you were giving me that. And I was trying to think about that. And uh, so on the spot. Uh, coaching here
1: (laughs) (laughs) well and and this is the thing when when you're when a family member particularly a husband is going through something that traumatic anything will do it's just I need a soothing in this moment and this is the only way I know how and that's that's very natural and from that we can say okay what else would work for you do you need a hug from somebody do you need a walk do you need to go play with a dog do you you know what is it that would soothe you just as well and not you know like me and to my waistline
0: right yeah so like yeah. how
1: would you work with me then to overcome
0: these reactions um in my case to you know sort of coping with that whole grief and even though he was still alive of course but it's you know it was yeah. a difficult process to go through. And prior to that, I had um was had you know some really high level executive roles and that had a number of stresses that were associated with them at work. And I think that's really where I started that pattern of mm. needing to reward myself.
1: And it worked, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I got through it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was it was just enough soothing to get you through. Now the question is, is that the the method of soothing you want to use from here forward. Right. No, no, that's a question.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I can see what you're saying. And yeah, absolutely. That, uh, you know, so, you know, so then- what other ways can I soothe myself? Even now, you know, when just like you, own, being an entrepreneur, owning your own business and, you know, the the stresses and things that come with that. Um, yeah. And so it's like, how do you, um, you know, yeah, I don't want to keep doing that. I don't want to, uh, I want to, you know, be able yeah. to halt to that and then hopefully start making some progress slowly, but surely to reverse, you know, uh, that weight gain that, yeah. uh, occurred over several years.
1: Because sometimes, you know, sometimes some particular food is the only thing that will work, but it's very seldom, but If there's one particular food that does work for you, and that's the only thing you can think of, then what I tell people is, okay, so enjoy it. Stop whatever you're doing, slow down, put it on a plate, use an utensil, maybe even put down a placemat so that it feels like you're valuing it, and then chew every bite of it. Do not swallow it whole, do not eat it over the sink take the time to give it the respect and honor that you're giving that other feeling, because if you're just going to swallow it whole, it hasn't done you any good. really.
0: Right. Yeah. That's really intriguing. Cause there it is. Like, um, you know, like if I like last night I ate a bowl of ice cream with chocolate sauce on it, um, mm-hmm. while watching TV, but I wasn't focused on the food and, 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 uh, savoring, Uh, every bite or there's some really great stuff there to um, to sort of reset
1: my mind or retrain my brain. Right. Because what it does is it gives the food respect and you're taking responsibility. I'm going to have this. I'm going to enjoy it. And the the interesting thing is then you actually do. Um, I heard Oprah tell a story years ago about being in France and she bought two croissants and she said she bought two because she knew she'd swallow the first one whole and she wanted to enjoy the second one. And I thought, well, if you just enjoy the first one, you might not need the second one. And because we tend to then beat up on ourselves for overdoing it, you know, if you're going to take responsibility and choose this and you enjoy it, then you don't beat up in yourself, which means you don't need soothing again. And the cycle gets a little bit broken. And the more you can break that cycle in the moment, the more likely it is that you're going to be able to continue without jumping into the cycle. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of that type of reward or emotional eating that can be completely unconscious. Yes. And I think you just touched on something that also will um, affects a lot of people. And that's um, their, their feeling of self-worth or uh, lack thereof or low uh-huh. self-worth. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, so I think that um, if you could share us some. Um, it, for me, I actually feel it's more because this is how I reward myself for a hard day work or. Uh-huh. Um, you know whatever it is um yeah. but for when you're talking about self-worth how does our society um how does that um, impact us and how does it relate to emotional eating
1: mm. yeah um low self-worth i think is epidemic in western countries because i have i have some con- uh, clients in other english speaking countries and they are just as um likely to have low self-esteem as we are and you know the it it just leads to all kinds of emotional neglect for us and we eat to soothe our hearts so that you know we feel just a little bit better and that tends to unfortunately hurt our bodies a bit which again it's that cycle of I'm looking for this food to soothe me but that adds uh, weight to my body or gives my heart difficulties or whatever. And we just keep going in that cycle. But, you know, what I've found is when I see myself as my best self, I make a lot better choices. <laughs> when I'm feeling good, I make good choices. It's when I get caught up in that that downward spiral of questioning my value that I begin to think but nobody loves me I need this this will make me feel better and that's it it does in the moment it just doesn't overall and one right. of my favorite things to do what I love about what I do is I get to help people heal their hearts and that makes everything better
2: what you're saying really rings true for me actually because I feel like when I'm feeling kind of low or maybe over overworked or stressed i tend to turn to sweet things yes. i eat like something like a cookie or a little piece of cake and it makes you feel better but then it makes you feel worse it's like oh i'm making bad choices that's not healthy for me mm-hmm. um or like maybe eating too much chocolate will it cause me to have um, a breakout in acne later and it yeah. just makes it feel worse but then when i'm feeling good and when i'm you know feeling on top of everything i tend to make better choices and i i'll have an apple for a snack instead of piece of cake. And I feel it's like a downward spiral or an upward spiral, depending on my state of mind. Yeah.
1: And, you know, we get into that shame and guilt tango and that Mm -hmm. either because we we shame ourselves when it's not really, it, it shouldn't be something for shame. Okay. Maybe a little bit of guilt, but we shouldn't shame ourselves for what we eat because shame The difference between shame and guilt is guilt is, oh, I've done something wrong. I need to fix it. But shame is I
2: am wrong.
1: And that feels awful
2: Yeah. Yeah. I never thought of it that way, but that, that sounds like it, again, I think it kind of rings true for how I think about things.
1: Mm, mm, Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, Renee, you you yo-yo dieted for 40 years before you unlocked the secret to losing the weight and keeping it off. Yeah. What advice do you have for anyone who is facing a similar situation now and isn't sure what to do next?
1: Well, you know, what I have always found is when I would stay on the diet or whatever nutrition plan I chose, it worked every time, which was annoying, but true, right? <laughs> um, but if um, if I got off it, you know, I, I would lose 20, 30, 40 pounds at a time. And then, you know, I would think, oh, good, I've lost my weight. I can eat whatever I want, which is where things, you know, went aground again, isn't it? So if we... If you could do it for yourself all the way through, you probably would have done it by now. I know that was was true for me. I mean, 40 years, I, should have, I knew every diet. I just couldn't stick to them, right? So I would encourage you to find someone to help you, to hold you accountable, maybe to talk through some of these things, and that could be a coach or a counselor. It could be a good friend who is strong enough to say, what did you say you wanted to do? How is that helping you, right? And then um, there's a there was a really good personality profile quiz out there, and uh, I don't know if you've heard of Gretchen Rubin, who wrote uh, the Four oh, yes. tendencies. Yeah, she's got that yes. tendencies quiz. It's amazing. It gave me the key to my my heart because I found out I'm an obliger, which means if if I've promised you I'm going to do something. It's going to happen. If I promise myself, eh, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But if someone outside me is holding me accountable, then I am much more likely. I have to set up external accountability to accomplish things, which is why I went to a colleague and said, hey, I need you to coach me through this. And she did. And she still checks on me. And it's still working because I know that there is someone, and of course the job I have kind of means that I have to maintain my weight, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Accountability I ever had. Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's wonderful. And um, Renee, I just can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing uh, your experiences and your knowledge about emotional eating Um, how to identify and overcome it. Um, This has been phenomenal. I mean, I know that I've already feel like I've gained something out of this discussion um, that will help me, um, you know, reassess and uh, look at taking a step forward. Um, But I'd love to be able to have you tell our audience how they can find you out there in the cyber world um, and how they can connect.
1: Okay. My my website is packyourownbag.com. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Um, but yeah, packyourownbag.com for most things. Okay.
0: That's terrific. And we'll make sure that we include that um, backlink uh, in the show notes for everybody. And uh, Renee, thank you again. This has been a great discussion.
1: Can I give them a gift? Oh, okay. Yes, absolutely. If they will go to packyourownbag.com friends there is a video there on um uh, it's a, an exercise called the compass and it's about a way to help you focus on a goal and get there wonderful that's terrific thank
0: you for that um so we'll make sure manda let's make sure that's in our publication post as well so packyourownbag.com um uh friends and uh, that. that yep Perfect. That will be wonderful. And uh, Renee, thank you for this terrific discussion. And um, I want to reach out to everyone in our audience. And if you have something you'd like to share, we would love to hear from you. You can leave a comment in the comment section. And if you have a specific question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, you can email us at join the conversation at petitequeen.com. And I want to remind everyone to stay current with all our great insightful advance uh, advice and uh, wonderful podcasts like this one we've just had with Renee. Sign up for our Weekly Wisdoms Newsletter on our website at petitequeen.com and you will be in the know um, from the get-go. How's that sound? (laughs) And uh, thank you everyone for listening today.